What's up, everybody? Daryl Frater, the club CEO here, and we have another amazing episode of the My DJ Story podcast brought to you by the Club app, the number one community for DJs where we pay you to live stream your in-person events. Today, we have my brother, DJ Dino Mike B on the podcast. Brother, can you please introduce yourself to the people who you are and where you're from? Hey, how y'all doing out there? It's uh, like I said, it's DJ Dynamite B. I'm from the New Orleans metro area, um, small town right outside of New Orleans, about five minutes called Chalmette, Louisiana, down in the parish. And uh, I've actually been DJing, oh my God, for over 30, 30, probably 35 years, it seems like. I mean, I started when I was a little kid. I used to be a disco geek when I was 12, 13 years old. And, and an interesting story, so I'll let you know, so, so people can hear it, is how I got started in this business was... Uh, I remember my mom and dad were real cool parents. And uh, so, but I remember my 13th birthday, they brought me, it was a special, cause they knew I like music, but they said, you know what? It's his 13th birthday. We're gonna go ahead and bring him to a, out to eat and then we're gonna take him to a, a double feature movie. Now you gotta realize 13 years old, I'm going to my first two R-rated movies. All right. So the first movie that I got to see was uh, Saturday Night Fever. So it goes to show you how far back it was. And I fell in love, <laughs> fell in love with the movie, fell in love with the nightclub scene, all that kind of stuff. And then the next movie after that was Animal House. So you can imagine what kind of double featured night that was. That was a blast. And ever since then, I've always been interested in the craziness of one, the teen scene, the teen nightclubs, because back in 78, 79, we actually used to, when I was 13 years old, we used to go to a nightclub called, uh, Zodiac Disco, Teen Disco in St. Bernard Parish, and it was a pretty hip place. And I got to listen to a lot of not only the mainstream disco, but a lot of the underground stuff, you know. And ever since then, growing up in the 80s and all of that, I really got into the love of music. And I actually started DJing probably before I was 18. I actually, my first, you know, just doing kids playing around my stuff, and probably when I was about 17, 18, I actually had two technique belt drive turntables and an old Radio Shack realistic mixer. You know, I'm talking about old school stuff. And uh, and I started playing that and I started collecting my vinyl, my 12 inches and all that stuff. And, and I learned to enjoy so many different music. I grew up in the 70s, grew up in the 80s, man, just the club scene, the 80s music, the 70s music, rock and all that kind of stuff. So, man, I have a wide variety of stuff that I love. And even to this day, I keep up with all of the new current music clubs, hip hop and rap and all that stuff. And it's just, I enjoy it, you know? So over the years I got into it, you know, I started working at little parties, started DJing a couple of clubs here and there. And next thing you know, by the time I was in my twenties, I actually started my own business and it used to become Mike, uh, was it uh, Mike, Mike uh, B's Animal House Sound. So it goes back to that, you know, an old movie. And then later on, I ended up with a partner that, uh, quality sound productions we did for many years and we ended up starting getting carpet jobs, Coca-Cola, Budweiser, all the big, big companies in the New Orleans metro area. And then uh, before Hurricane Katrina, we had, this kind of went our own ways and I went my own way. And then after Hurricane Katrina, because I lost everything I had and I got back into business independently. And that's when I started Mike B's Mobile Music. So I've been doing that for the last, last 15, 16 years. And it's been a ride and I really enjoy it, you know, being fit, getting, 55 years old and I still love doing it, man. So it's, it's, it's a great thing, you know? That's awesome. That's such an awesome intro, man. And I think that you just speak with so much passion, 
with your industry like experience and i think that just having 35 years in the industry and you're able to see a lot and do a lot and mm-hmm. you are or show how you can transition from one area of djing to another you know over those 35 years you've probably learned a ton and our listeners are super interested in learning you know what are some of the things that you learned along this journey um some of the things that you know now that you wish that you knew when you're first getting started well, I mean, you got to realize you, you, you play music and you like to do the disco. And, and the thing is, you want to get people to get up and dance. And that's that's the whole king. When, the whole key to it is when they're having fun, that's when you you get a high off of that. You know, the hard thing is in this industry, it's 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 a it's a it's a hard industry. A lot of DJs out there, you know, keep going. But the thing is, I think you learn the difference of not just how to play music and it's not as much as the skill you're going to learn that skill and it takes time and you got to have patience and uh you know when i started off on on turntables i went to cd no take turntables and cassettes to cassettes to cds all the way now into digital and i love my old school mixing and i love my new school mixing and you know and for those djs out there that talk about the sync button let it go. <laughs> it's all in your style, man. Look, if the sync, bunk, sync, bu- uh, sync button works for you, do it. You know, it's just a tool. It's there. That's why they put it on. The, that's why they put it on a mixer. Don't, don't, don't hate us, man. You know, that's just like me. I'm a great beat mixer. I enjoy spinning those records, hitting those beats right, perfect, making those blends smooth. But when it comes to scratching, I don't have it. I got, I got a lot of respect for the uh, DJs that scratch out there. I do. Look, it's like walking and chewing gum. I just don't, can't do it. <laughs> you know, some people have it, some people don't, but I have skills, you know. But for the industry guys, when you're just starting out, just have patience, enjoy music. It's not gonna, if you, if you, if you wanna stay, it's a big difference between club DJs and wedding DJs. Don't, don't knock each other. You eventually, if you can do all of those, you're gonna appreciate one more than the other. I love working in nightclubs. I enjoy the atmosphere. It's great. I love doing weddings, but weddings, you gotta spend a lot of time and a lot, you need more experience to really get the art of being a wedding DJ. Unfortunately, I happen to be a wedding DJ most of the time, you know? And, uh, you know, over my career, probably, oh, maybe five, 600 weddings, you know, amazing, you know? But uh, I still love doing my club stuff, man. You know? yeah, I really do. That's awesome, man. Uh, I would love for you to talk about, you know, how are you able to get those many gigs for your wedding? You know, five, six hundred over your career. That's a significant number and a lot of opportunity. How can people go about, you know, building up their brand and their pipeline of deal flow to be able to do that many weddings and really increase their revenues for their business? Um. This is going to be, this is where it's going to be a little bit hard. It takes a lot of, it takes a little, you're going to have to dedication to it. And you just can't take one avenue. You know, all DJs, when they first start off, it's about word of mouth. Oh, he did my party. He's a great DJ. You got it. You know, you get you some business cards. That's not going to drive you there, you know, and especially where I'm from in the New Orleans metro area, there's multiple DJs. And there's plenty of work out there, but it's a lot of competition. And you also have to know, trying to get a following is not as easy as you think, you know? 
in today's society, I mean, I hate to say it, it's like fads. People just, it's crazy. You know, they'll follow one DJ and that guy comes, shows up and or the next woman shows up and bam, you know, they start following that person more than you. But what I did was I, and I'm, I'm going to use this example um, post Hurricane Katrina from New Orleans area. I, when I worked independent, yeah, I had a little bit of word of mouth and that got me a few jobs. But then I started networking, not only with uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, I built my own website. Um, and when I hey, once you get you try to get yourself a pretty uh, good website for you, build for yourself or like some kind of Facebook page or something that's flashy that you can utilize. That's that's one direction because you're going to say, all right, I want to get a bunch of jobs and I want to work every weekend. So you're going to have to network. So you say, all right, I got word of mouth. That might be five or 10% of my, my jobs. Well, then all of a sudden you use your website and you start pushing that website out to different uh, uh, venues or uh, wedding planners and all the stuff. Just try to get your name out there and, and push that information to them and they start to see it. You know, so you might get about 10 or 15% of that. And then sometimes it's, it's it depends on you how uh, active it is, but you got to get so sometimes when you get to these uh, wedding like the knot or something like that or these thumbtack or something like that, that's when you're going to get a little bit more business because you're going to have to do jobs and you're going to have to get reviews. And when you get those reviews, so every job you do, do the best you can. Give it 200 percent. Because your job is not only just to get people to dance and have a good time, but you want to make everybody happy. And when they're smiling, they're going to give you a good review. So those that's how a lot of that networks. So you got to do different channels. You know, in this business, if you look at all the top DJs, the ones that are really making a lot of money, look at the percentage. Of it. It's so minute. Look, everybody wants to be a rock star. I want to be a rock star. But the reality of it is, it's, it's probably not, I'm not going to be one of those top 10, you know, but at the end of the day, when I'm playing my music for a bunch of people or, you know, four or 500 people and they're jamming and having a good time, I'm smiling at the end of the night. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So you got to get out there and network as much as you possibly can and use as many tools that's available to you. Now, you got to realize sometimes it takes a little money. You got to invest a little money to make a little money. So you got to look at the balance there, you know? So when you try something, look at it real good, do a little research, make sure it works for you. You know, there's a lot of good websites out there, a lot of stuff, you know, and I'm not sure the club, he's, he's getting something, y'all getting something going here. So maybe this might be, might be a popular way to go too. And it's worth probably worth trying out, you know? Yeah, that's great advice. And, uh, Quick question in regards to like your journey, um, primarily doing wedding gigs now. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you've seen in the wedding industry as a DJ and how have you overcome them? Um, the biggest challenge is this is the thing that gets me every, you know, when I'm working to a nightclub, I kind of, you know, you kind of know it doesn't, your, your routine's pretty much the same. But when you DJ in a wedding, this has becomes a choreographed thing. For this three or four hour wedding you're going to DJ, you may end up putting in nine or 10 hours of physical, mental labor into this event. And what concerns you is, is that if I'm, if I'm doing it where I'm getting reviews or something like that, you're going to be concerned and try not to worry, but you got to 
figure out what makes this wedding smooth. You know, are you doing just the reception and you got the bride and groom dance and such and such and the cake cutting and speeches or, or are you also doing the ceremony part? So you got all that stuff to consider. So when it becomes a wedding DJ, it's kind of stressful, but it's very rewarding. And you got to just take your time and patience and work out like I do. I say, all right, the wedding is this individual. They like this type of music and it's at this location and I got to do this and it's going to take me this long to get there. They want lights, you know, dance floor lighting and this and this and then those elements. So put all that information down with you, put on a paper, but put it into your mind and think about DJing that event before it starts. Think about what you're doing, plan it out and you know, do the best you can. Because the thing is with most of these weddings is, is you got to figure out the element of what the crowd likes. And one of the biggest things is you got to understand, let's say the bride and groom, they're a young couple and they're, they like a lot of hip hop or something like that. And that's fine, but you got a, you got a diverse crowd. You got a lot of different ages. You got a different everything. So you got to be able to play music that everybody enjoys and then let me tell you the truth in a three-hour wedding there ain't a whole lot of music you can play you're on average what 20 songs an hour so in reality if you get 45 60 songs in that wedding that's all you got so you got to pick the best of the best and you got to get everybody's butts are shaking and their feet are moving and they got to get out on that dance floor and that's what you got to do and if you love music it may come a little bit easier too but also don't let it get you down when you say, oh, man, there's a lot involved in doing this wedding. I don't know if I want to be that kind of a DJ. Well, don't don't get discouraged. It's a challenge, you know, but it's rewarding in the end. So, you know, and like I said, it's working with a lot of couples. And let me tell you something. I'd say 90, 99% of my weddings, they're great. It's that 1%. <laughs> you can't, don't sweat it. Things happen. Nothing's perfect. You know, a lot of the couples are, especially uh, brides, I don't want to knock the bridezillas, but they're out there, you know, but they have a lot of time to like to have things perfect. And I guarantee you, nothing is perfect in this world, you know, so you just do the best you can. And, and let me tell you something, you're the entertainment. Be proud that you're the entertainment. You're the show because at the end of the night, if they're having a good old time, they're the one, they, they're applauding you, you know, yeah. Awesome, man. It seems like you've really mastered specifically the, the wedding DJ industry. It's really awesome. And <laughs> the you know, thing is, it's it's the one thing, like I said, I love playing in clubs, man. But man, it's like, how did I become a wedding DJ? But I've been doing it since I was 20 years old. You know? Yeah, and that's amazing. And it shows just how much you've learned over time and just how intuitive it is to you to really yeah. do a great job at these weddings. Do you think that uh, it's too late for DJs to jump into the wedding business or do you think that, you know, the industry is prime and just room for, no, no, for many no, others? No, no, not at all, man. I think just the wedding industry is kicking. And, and let me tell you something. I don't do it as my primary source of income. It's 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 uh, something I do because I enjoy it. Um, I have uh, friend other DJs that actually make a living off multiple parts, not the DJ, the light setups, the the venue for every, all kind of stuff that they do the full blown thing. They do it for a living. And uh, now that finally, and I mean, also COVID's kind of 
stepping aside, we still have to deal with it. And let's hope it gets away real quick, but we still have to deal with it. But the weddings are coming back and I see it. I'm booking, not awesome. many, but myself, <laughs> but I'm booking, you know, oh, yeah. and, um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, way, it's where a good industry is, you know, um, thing is with nightclubs, it's great because you want to build a good club and you want to build a following, but the reality is I've seen it over my years, nightclubs don't last forever. So you got to say, all right, where, if this club only lasts a year, two years, where I'm going after that, you know, if, if I don't make the big time, where am I at, you know? Yeah. So but when the wedding industry part of it, it's always been strong. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's, it's great that you mentioned that, you know, you don't do it um, as your primary source of income. Um, so it, it, it's also like kind of this mindset where everyone think, oh, I have to be a full-time DJ, but it's not for everyone, you know, it's okay to use it as just a supplement to your income or a part-time thing to get extra money into your pocket and also doing something you love, you know, talk to me about that, that the pros and the cons of, you know, not being a full-time DJ, but have a, a primary source of income and just using the DJing to supplement and get more income into your pockets. Well, everybody wants to be a rock star and that's the key. You know, everybody looks at the glamorous life of a rock star. Well, if you, you're a band and a band or rocks, that's a different story. But when a DJ, it's a little different, you know, you, you, you know, it's not, but it's, it's where the trend of the world is today is that that DJ element. I mean, come on, man. Everybody's putting some turntables up there, putting some kind of electronic mix together. And that's the, that's the trend of where music is today. So DJs do have a more important part now than they do in the past. Uh, but when it comes to income wise, I mean, you know, you can't come out the back, right out, right out the uh, bang, you know, thing and say, all right, I want to make, I'm going to charge a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars for a gig to do it. That doesn't happen. It, there are DJs that make that kind of money. All right. But the reality is, and like in New Orleans, it's a competitive market, you know? So the most popular DJs might get that thousand plus dollars per gig, which is great for a wedding because there is a lot of elements into a wedding. It's a lot of work. But the reality is, more than two thirds aren't, you know I mean? That's, it's probably 80%. I'm not going to make that kind of money. You have to work yourself up to it. You know, you might start off small. Now here's the thing, you know, if, if you're a lot of people out there uh, that want to DJ, you know, it's okay to do something for free every now and then, you know, if you're trying to just get a little popular and you're first starting out, I understand doing a wedding for friends. So you're going to slowly get your name out. And then you're going to realize this is a lot of work. I'm going to start charging a little more money. You're going to build yourself up to making the thousand dollar gigs. It's going to take you a long time. It's not something that comes overnight. You don't want to do, and you don't. And the thing is, because if you only, if people are only looking for a dollars DJ, well, you know what? it's not going to be that great of an event. If you want to get to the top dog venues, you're going to have to work your way up to it. Um, but so it's great when you work in the weekends and you say, all right, you know, I got my job done a week. I can't, I'm making two, I got one or two jobs a month or three jobs or DJ jobs a month. Oh, you want to make a few bucks. You want to enjoy it, you know, um, but you're not going to make a living off of it right away. Cause you need to spend money. You got to maintain your equipment and all that kind of stuff. And, and this is one advice I want to give to you DJs. I know when you're first starting out, um, 
you're going to do what you got to do. I started off on some two used belt drive technique Thursday and a radio shack mixer. That's, that's the bottom line, but you got to start somewhere. But if you want to get into the business, do your research on your equipment. And I'm going to tell you, takes when you get to the point if you can afford the right equipment don't go overboard you don't want to go overkill and spend next thing you know put yourself in years of debt buying a bunch of equipment that you may not use you know because a lot of people today who um, are at the venues they want it to sound good but you're not impressing them a lot of times. They not when you bring the big subs, you bring this, and you know it sounds great to you because I am an electronics geek. I love music, man. I love the I'm, I'm audiophile all the way. But the reality is, the people out there they just want to dance. So you don't have to go overboard a lot of time in your equipment. But the equipment you do buy, make sure it's of quality that's going to last because you're bringing it from your house to your car to the venue back and forth, and there ain't nothing. If you only got, if you don't have no backup equipment, your night, your nights will end up bad, <laughs> you know, because that's the worst thing. It's not about how it sounds. It's that they want to hear music. So you got to make sure that you got equipment that can, you can rely on. Um, and like I said, I, I, I've made some good money over the years. I've, uh, my gigs price, I'm going to be honest with you, range anywhere between 500 to 1500 depends on the venue depends on the system depends on how many people the work involved and you have to figure out what's that cost of value is to where you're satisfied if you gotta if you're just yourself you know oh well i'm gonna make 500 dollars off this gig for myself that's fine but if you got to pay other people and all that stuff where you have to increase your manpower you have to take those in considerations too um like i said you can make money you can make a living off of it but Work hard for it, but the reality is I, I got a regular job. But when it comes to playing music, it's where my heart is. That's where I want to be, you know? Yeah, it's always great when, you know, you've monetized your passion. You know, it doesn't feel like work. It just feel like something that you love to do anyway. And then the money's a bonus. You get paid, you know? Yeah, oh, and it's nice to, it's, let me tell you something. Ain't more nothing more gratifying when, every, when, the, when the bride or groom or somebody comes up to you. And hand, hand you a couple of a couple hundred dollar tip or something like that. That makes it when you get a little little cash from extra from doing. That's that's saying a lot, you know. Don't expect it. Don't expect to get tips out there. But when you earn them, when you get them out of out of just out of blue, that means you really did something, you know. Um, if you're in the business of DJ just to make money, look, I I, I don't want to be negative. But if you're in it just to make money, I don't think it's where you want to be. I mean, because you're just trying to chase the dollar and you're not doing, you're not, you're not following the passion, you know, being a DJ is a passion, you know, and that's, that's the advice. If you got the passion, go for it. You know? Awesome. Man. And, you know, you've been in the clubs, you've been in the wedding industry, mm-hmm. you know, where do you see yourself in, you know, the next couple of years in regards to your DJ career? Well, here's the big thing. Yeah. I'm uh, um, 55 years old, going on 56, been doing this for 35. Oh my God, for so long. It's amazing. I always said I'm going to stop in the next, when I was 50, I'm not going to do it past that. When I'm 55, I'm still doing it. Uh, where I'm going to be another five years, eventually I know, I, I don't, look, but you know what? I look at some of the best DJs out there and I look at the friends of mine that's in the industry that I grew up in this business and we're still strong. 
you know what? People don't care about your gray hair. They don't care. They care about your personality. They care about the music you play. As long as you can keep the party kicking, rock and roll till the day you die, man, just do it. So it's going to be a struggle to, to maintain it out there because, you know, you got the younger crowds and all that. And the generations are changing. It ain't the same generation when I grew up that I see now. So I try to keep up with the generation and I see the pros and cons of the generation, you know, um, so you try to do your best, but I keep trying, striving to keep into, into the mix. I really do. I want to stay in that mix and, uh, you know, and I keep pushing, I keep pushing, I keep pushing and uh, it, it's paying off. You know? Awesome, man. No, that's great. Um, and you seem like you're having a fun time doing it. Um, in what ways can myself, Daryl, the club CEO, our, our community support you and the things that you're doing? Well, just by this little podcast and I mean I'm, I'm only seeing it from talking with you you know I don't know how it sounds to the people out there once they get a hear you know hear out the what's going on out there and uh but getting the word out I'm here man I, I want people to know I'm here I know they got some young people in there I'm here to help y'all too but look it's a competitive world I want a piece of the action I want to have some fun and I I'm you know I'm still alive I'm 55 and, and keep rolling and I plan on keep rolling a few more years you know yeah, give give a gold guy some give gold guy a break, you know. But uh, I I see this as a networking tool. I see where it may help. It may hopefully it does, you know. Um, can't hurt, you know. If anything, I got a great conversation with you, man. You know, you know. Awesome, man. It's really excited uh, to be connected to you. You know, at this time, we're gonna jump into the lightning round. Are you ready? Sure. Describe your DJ setup, hardware and software. Um, I have a uh, Roland. Uh, DJ 707 uh, mixer, very good mixer. Um, I use all Yamaha uh, speakers, uh, Yamaha sub cabinets, um, Odyssey cases and DJ stands. Um, I have some JBL equipment, stuff like that. Most of my stuff is designed with the top 12s for Yamahas on the tops, the 12s on the bottom. Good venue for as many, believe it or not, indoor, outdoor events, at, you know, anywhere from 50 to 5,000, believe it or not. So, but it's all Yamaha top. I've learned to, I'm not knocking anybody else. My preference is Yamaha equipment when it comes to speakers. Um, as far as the controllers go, uh, I don't use turntables. I'm sorry. Don't, don't knock. I love you guys with your spinning your records. Believe it or not, my, I'm old school. You put two turntables in front of me, I'm rock and roll. But anyway, um, yeah, Yamaha equipment rolling. Um, also, Denon, Denon, MC4000 controller also, you know. Who's your favorite DJ? I'm not going to name the net top nine guys, but I'm going to tell you who I follow. Uh, believe it or not, I like, uh, you know, Lady Style. Great. <laughs> um, also, like, uh, Scratch Bastard. You ever seen him? Awesome. You know, and, uh, I, and, and, and I guess... Uh, on the mainstream, David Guetta, you know, that's where I'm, I'm pretty much at, I guess, so, you know. What has been your favorite party or event you've DJed at and why? I've had many favorites. Uh, one that always sticks in my mind is probably when one of the, did the biggest events I've ever did. Every year, we for a couple of years straight, we would do in the New Orleans area, and it's a big thing, is the uh, doing the... Uh, um, 
in the Irish uh, Irish Irish Bayou in New Orleans uh, for uh, St. Patrick's Day at Parasols, DJing for over 5,000 people. You know, and that was an all-day event from 10 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, and it's just an incredible event that will always stick in my head. You know, that that's one of them. You know, that's the one that pops up in my head. Who's the most interesting person you've met through DJing? Oh, good Lord. Besides myself, I don't know. Um, I, I have met so many different people. It's just, I can't. Well, uh, I, I was doing an event and it's nice to meet some celebrities. And I, I think one of the most amazing people I met and uh, I've, I've seen her around is one I got to meet Irma Thomas. I don't know if you're familiar with who she is, but her husband, he was back in this. I'm going way back in the day. And man, he was just, he was just a classy guy, man. Just everything about him, New Orleans, everything. And, you know, he just wasn't the husband of Irma Thomas. He was a man. He was cool. You know, I remember that. What's one thing that you think is missing from live streaming for DJs? Getting an audience. You know, um, I think the struggle is right now because I might, I know you're just getting started and you probably saw that I play on, uh, play, you know, certain different, certain different ones. I don't know if you've ever seen some of my shows or something like that. But face, everybody's stuck on Facebook, stuck on Instagram, but of course with copyright elements, they keep shutting us down. So trying to build a following and trying to get people interested into it is just a struggle. Like I said, it's a generation thing. It's not what people just turn their radio on and listen to somebody jamming anymore. It's like, you gotta do something to catch their eye and stick with you, you know? So it, it, I think that's the element that's missing is building up an audience through through the through the social medias and the networks and all that stuff and, and, and figuring out that knack of getting people to draw to it. A lot of people watch Facebook you know, but I, I see a lot of times it's hard to build up that big, big following. You know, I, I play music on the on the net, you know, through the Internet, not only for people to listen and enjoy my music, which I do have a little following. But the truth is, I do it for my practice. I just do it for my heart and soul. But it, there's got to be something out there to get it, because when there's more people join in and start getting more interactive with you and all that kind of stuff, it becomes a little bit more enjoyable. And And, and I see the future for it. But it's just a matter of what do we do to get those people? Look, man, you can listen to a DJ 24 hours a day right here and you ain't got to leave your house, you know, and listen to the type of music that you probably enjoy most, you know. Shout out to any DJs that you know personally whose story needs to be told on this podcast as well. Um, I have a few out there. Uh, music by Luke, uh, David DeHarty, uh, Donovan Caffey. I mean, these are these are different. These are people I grew up with, and you know they come from different. Some of them just don't. Some are where I was or where I'm at. Others are still love the music, but they've never gotten elevated to a point to where I where I'm at. And there's others that's higher than me that make make a living off of it. You know, I think those are the people that you may want to talk to because that way. You get a variety of stuff. In other words, you're going to get the real big thousand dollar, two thousand dollar DJ versus the couple of hundred dollar DJ. You know, so and I kind of fit in the middle in the craziness around there. Not, 
you know, but I am when it comes to, to the DJs, I'm more on the higher end, I guess, but on a low, low page side, you know. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, we look forward to hearing their stories one day. And any DJs that are interested in being on the show, they can sign up at djsignup.com. And brother, where can people find you online or even in person if you're still doing events? Um, you can catch me mainly. Uh, I don't have my website as much, but I have. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook, Mike B's Mobile Music on facebook.com. Um, also a little bit on Instagram. Um, you can find me on uh Play DJ TV. Uh, I got my web, I got my page there and stuff like that. I'm going to do some of my live events and maybe one day on on the club too. You know, I think like it's it's going to be rolling. You know, it's right off the bat, you know, doing a podcast, I think is the right way to go. You know, puts at least it gives my puts my face out there and, and shows my personality. Awesome, brother. We look forward to having you, man. This has been an amazing interview. I got a lot of value out of it, and I'm sure our audience will as well. So everyone, please check out DJ Dino Mike B. He's really doing it. has a lot of experience in the game. You can learn a lot from following him. And and real quick, if they want to email me, it's Mike B's mobile music at yahoo.com. Awesome. Pleasure talking to you. I enjoyed it. Thank you, man. Y'all have a good one.